Welcome to the Real Driving Man podcast. I am John Henry. Uh, Today is going to be an episode of Bipolar Talk where I am going to talk about the need for community, uh, especially for people with mental illness. In this episode, I'm going to kind of do a more narrow dive into this topic. If you want to listen to me rant about whatever I feel like talking about, please check out my self-therapy episodes. And before I begin, I want to always remind people I am not a doctor, and any advice here is entirely anecdotal, and you should obviously listen to your doctor, your therapist, before you before my own advice. With that said, uh, let's begin. So, need for community. The need for community, I mean, every human has a need for community. We all, you know, we evolved in groups, in tribes of 150 people or so, and I think it's all, pro- it's already pre-programmed into us this desire to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves, that we feel like we can contribute in a meaningful way, that we are cared for, that we are needed, and without that, I think we do all tend to almost enter a state of depression. There's obviously exceptions, maybe psychopaths and of you know uh, other people of the sort may not need community, but everybody needs community. Even if you're more of a loner, um, you still want to be around people some of the time, even if you're a huge introvert. Uh, it's kind of humans are communal animals. We are part of a tribe. We need to be part of a tribe. And it can take many different forms, but the need to be a part of a community, some community, I, I think is a universal need. And especially if you have a mental illness, um, if you have a mental illness, making friends, and I guess making friends is kind of a subset of being part of a community can be very difficult. It was very difficult for me, especially if you stand out in school, kids are monsters and can be mean and it can make it hard to try to find a community that's right for you. And you know, what is a community? Is it a group of people? Is it an organization? I mean, that's, I think what most of us think when we think of a community. Um, but I think community can even be a couple friends. Uh, and, you know, I'm not here to define because there's probably a technical definition of what a community is. But I guess to me, if I was to try to define it here, it would be a group of two or more people who come together for a purpose. Um, I don't know, to maybe try to pass the time and make life a little more interesting. Um some people fit into groups and to communities a lot easier. And I think it's why it can make school so difficult. I think that especially in middle school and high school when these groups are starting to form, it can be tough for someone who maybe has a mental illness to fit in because they're not well understood. And you have to find a community that works for you especially if you have a mental illness, you have to understand that most people don't deal with a mental illness. And so they're not going to 
understand the way you behave, the way you think, as well as others, and it may make it hard for you to fit into many communities. And that's kind of normal if you have a mental illness. I think it's one thing that when we see people on their own, sometimes society tries to be like, oh, it's it's fine, you know. But it's not. Like, you want to be, a, everyone wants to be a part of things. And you have to find a community that works for you. I think it's why sometimes I'm a person who tends to have a close, I don't have, tend to have like groups of friends. Or I didn't tend to have groups of friends. I tended to have one or two close friends. And I think it makes it a little easier because it's a little easier to be accepted by a small number of people than a large number of people if you're dealing with mental illness issues. And I guess I can kind of talk about what happened with me a little bit to try to maybe give this a little more pizzazz and not be so boring. So um, when I was going from middle uh, elementary school to middle school, uh, which for me was going from the sixth grade to the seventh grade, I was in this school system called, the school is called Denison, and it wasn't really working out in elementary school towards the end. I had a lot of problems with teachers and just didn't fit. So I tried to go into this gifted and talented program at a nearby school called Creighton. And it was worse than the elementary school. Uh, not only the kids bullied me, but I was able to stand up for myself in a lot of cases. So it never was super, super chronic and abusive because put a stop to it, which side note, if you are someone who's bullied, um, maybe take a martial arts, learn to fight. I, I did that, and it will give you an ability to stand up and sp say something. I think a lot of times, even if they say mean things to you, if you speak up, speak back, kind of push back appropriately, it prevents the bullying from becoming chronic and always being picked on. Um, and that's one important thing to know if you're a person who is, I was a small kid, I was kind of an easy target, I was different. Uh, but what really did it in for me was the teachers bullied me, and it was bad they made fun of me they called me out in class they screamed at me it was it was not a good fit and i could not find i remember every we kind of had even though it was middle school this like recess time after lunch and i kept on trying to find people to friends to hang out with but it was kind of a big there's a lot of people and I, I never was able to find a group to fit in with and i had a lot of help from the school and eventually i decided to be homeschooled um, because I said I was getting so depressed at this school, I couldn't stay there. And this is to illustrate my point that if you do not find a community, I think people tend to isolate themselves. Um, especially, I'm not a huge introvert, but I think introverts can tend to do this, where they isolate themselves, as they tend to do. They tend to fare better with alone time. But I think a lot of times you have to understand that you still need to be a part of something. And that if your isolation is becoming chronic and you're never trying to go seek out friends and companionship, that can contribute to a long depression as it did with me. I was homeschooled for the second half of the school year and it was a very tough time because I'm not an easy person to homeschool and my mom's not a teacher. And I remember when I eventually just, I found a school called Jefferson County Open School that I went to for eighth grade and it really focused it was kind of an alternative learning style where you would be with the same group of kids in your homeroom type situation for about three years. Um, usually you switch that up every year, but you were with the same 
group of students and the same group of and the same teacher or homeroom teacher we called them advisors for three years and it focuses a lot on group dynamics and developing social skills not as much on hard academics but more to encourage the love of learning it's very complicated i may end up doing an entire episode on jcos and uh that schooling model and why it works but it was it was different my mom called it the hippie high school uh, or hippie school because it was k through 12. and there i really did find a community to be a part of because it was a small school the school itself and i was really happy because for a long time i was isolating myself and i still continue to do so when i was at jcos the school by just never breaching out to make friends and being addicted to video games. And that's another discussion. And, but it was enough. It was enough to have this community help develop social skills because if I was allowed to isolate myself completely all the time, I would have zero social skills. And I still struggle socially. I'm a little awkward. And... Due to this, and also my parents forced me to go to martial arts, I was able to develop skills and avoid the consequences of isolating oneself, which can lead to antisocial behavior, um, and it's a downward spiral. So if you don't become a part of a community, you just go down, 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 and it can be, get to a point where you cannot dig yourself out. And I think this tends to happen to boys more than girls. I think just due to the social dynamics of boys and girls, girls do tend to just be more social. There's... Obviously, it's a host of problems, but um, boys tend to be more antisocial, and it is important to be a part of a community. So you communities don't allow you to isolate yourself, especially if they're a good one and they care about you. And that will allow you to develop a lot of other skills that you're unaware of, like learning to talk to people, learning to sacrifice parts of yourself to be a part of a community, learning what it means to be a part of a community, what it means to contribute to a group. Um, to be an individual in a group as well as part of the group. These are all dynamics that you really, I mean, you can even read about them, but until you're a part of that, especially as a young person who may be in you know, middle school or something like that, it's really important to avoid those isolations because they will get you in a deep pit that can be very difficult to dig yourself out of. And also, just, I mean, this is not an episode so about depression, but isolation and depression kind of tend to be synonymous. So if you do isolate yourself and you do have a propensity for depression because you have a mental illness, that depression is just going to get harder and harder to get out of. I did an episode on depression, I think, a little while back. Um, I'll probably do more episodes on it. And it can be a bitch, especially if you have bipolar depression or major depressive disorder and Isolation to a degree and having alone time is good, but you need to know the the boundary between am I isolating myself because I need some alone time to recharge because I'm an introvert, or am I using isolation as an excuse to not push myself to go out behind my, beyond my comfort zone and develop some skills in some areas I may not be 100% comfortable with. If I, you do hear in the microphone some paper i do have um sticky notes that i'm going through that kind of have talking points okay time to get to the i guess harsh reality 
for those of us who have bipolar, ADHD, major depressive disorder, anxiety, whatever form of mental illness you have, I think it's important to understand that most communities are not going to understand your mental illness. And that can be very hard for people. It's still hard for me. It's something I've talked about ad nauseum, but especially with severe mental illnesses like bipolar and schizophrenia, most people don't understand them. They're aware of them, but they don't have any experience with them and they don't have to deal with them, so they don't. And there's a lot of communities that won't won't want to understand your mental illness. And I think it's important to not get angry at those communities. I've gotten angry at those communities. Um, as an example, I lived in Boulder for college. I went to CU. And the medical system, uh, I was there for multiple reasons, from issues with drugs and pancreatitis. They have never been good at dealing with people with bipolar or schizophrenia. And my psychiatrist kind of agrees with me on this, and he He's also in his 70s and has a little more direct experience. And I think it's because in Boulder, it's a very, now especially, it's a very wealthy place. And wealthy people don't like to act like they have any problems, even though everybody has problems. Maybe they're not quite as severe as a mental illness. And they do tend to have a little bit of judgment from on high for me when I would come in into the hospital because I took too many mushrooms or drank too much. And... The doctor would be really harsh in judgment when a lot of times I was in the hospital for pancreatitis or, yeah, sometimes it was my fault, um, but sometimes it like I, was, I made a mistake and there was no difference. They judged me harshly any time in any direction and there was never an attempt to try to understand where people were coming from. And that's a big issue because if you don't have bipolar, if you don't have depression, if you don't have anxiety, it's really hard to simulate in that that in your brain especially with i mean i can't skip i can't simulate schizophrenia in my brain maybe i can kind of from aspects of being manic but i can't explain what it's like to be manic to anyone i can try to explain with it with things like racing thoughts a um, lot of energy type you know hypersexual a lot of different symptoms but those are symptoms people don't know what that's actually like and it's what makes mental illness really hard to explain to people who often they don't want to hear it they just want to do their job and, and move on or they don't even see wow this person has this mental illness why would he take these actions these are actions that are contrary to what would be good for him but that shows a lack of an understanding of how deep some of these mental issues run and how they weave within the fabric of who you are and that can be frustrating especially if you're looking for a community because it can feel like no one or no community can ever understand you that sucks it took me a long time to find a community that would understand me even when I was up at Boulder, I had friends from classes, and I made friends, but they do, did tend to be more one-on-one -on -one friends I met just throughout my experience in 
at CU. Um, and I really am not a huge fan of Boulder and the kind of culture that is up there at CU. Um, that's why I left. I'm thankful for the school and for all the experience I had, but it's changed. Um, and that was difficult because I really did love CU for a long time. And I came to the realization that if a group of people or a person or a you know, community does not want to understand me, I can't force them to. And sometimes it's best to go and try to find another community that can and accept that if you do deal with a mental illness, this is some of the annoying realities of having these mental illnesses that it's hard to explain. It's hard. People have difficult lives that are difficult without mental illness. You throw that on top of that, and a lot of people don't even want to try to think about it because their lives are so difficult already. They can't even imagine what it would be like to deal with a mental illness, and so they don't want to, and I can't really blame them. I mean, you can't. And so in situations like that, and it's taken me a long time to get to this place, I kind of got to let things go. Don't try to hate these communities. Hate is never a good... (laughs) good thing to do it never leads anywhere good gotta let it go and try to find a community that does work for you and in that journey of trying to find something that does work for you I think a common thing a lot of people do especially when you're young when you're trying to fit in is to wear a mask. In some of these pauses, by the way, I'm just taking a drink or taking a deep breath and I silenced the microphone so you don't have to hear that. But often when, especially if you're someone who's a little different, deals with mental illnesses, trying to find a community, it's really easy to say to yourself, well, I'm going to wear a mask. I'm going to be someone different. And I am always a person who's been very straightforward. I don't lie about who I am. What you see is what you get. I try to be honest because that's kind of who I've always been, and it has its ups and downs. And I never liked wearing a mask. And I've worn some at times, but I've always just tried to be myself because I'm just shitty at pretending to be someone I'm not, but I get it, especially if you're trying to fit in a group, you're already a little different, it's easy to want to kind of act like someone you're not to fit in, and it's not necessarily a bad strategy, especially if you're socially awkward, you know, kind of fake it till you make it energy is not a bad strategy, but you have to understand the depth of this mask, because this is a mask that I'm wearing to just try to fit in Um, with normal social norms or is this really covering who I am because if you start to present this version of yourself that you're not that is so different people are going to start thinking that's you and then the community doesn't accept you it it accepts the version of yourself that you've made when you know if, if, if you just like oh I I was never, I've I've struggled with politeness. I'm not a very polite person, so manners and how I compose myself is difficult. And sometimes I put on an act where I stand up straight and try to act like I'm confident, even though I'm not. 
and I found stuff like that is not, you know, you're not altering who you are. You're just kind of acting like you have skills or that your skills are a little more refined than they are. And that may be something someone sees through, but they're, they're not going to be like, you're a different person. They're just going to think, oh, I see what you're doing. You're trying to just fit in. But if you completely change who you are to fit into a group, that's a different story. And that's getting into the realm of being someone you're not. And I think that's going to create a lot more problems within yourself than if you were yourself. You may say, well, I can't find any community that accepts me. And, you know, it does take a time to find a community that does accept you, especially if you're a little different. And in the meantime, hopefully you can have a couple friends that you can lean on and keep looking. But be careful of using a mask to fit in because if the people begin to like the mask and not you, that's not you. And I think I'm guessing this happens with a lot of actors who tend to act um, and I am so sorry. I say the word and as a placeholder a ton, and I'm trying to say less of it. Damn it. <laughs> Use the power of a social mask appropriately. And abuse it at your own peril. Because the worst thing that can happen is that you wear this mask and find a community that accepts that mask. And you stay there for so long that when they find out who you actually are, you could be ostracized from the community. Which wouldn't have been as bad if you just presented who you were in the first place and realized, well, maybe this place is not for me and moved on. And like I said, I don't have a ton of experience with masks, so it's kind of kind of cut that a little short. Um, this is another thing. Communities change. Like I said with Boulder, Boulder after the pandemic changed in a fundamental way. I feel that the soul of Boulder died with the pandemic. And there's not always much you can do about that. Sometimes you have to accept that reality's a bitch sometimes and communities change. And sometimes those changes are something that you as a member of that community can't accept and you have to leave said community. I wanted to go and live in Boulder, study at Boulder, do my master's there, PhD, all of it. And it was very hard when the pandemic hit and the place changed in a fundamental way. And I eventually came to the realization that I did not want to be part of this community anymore that I once loved. And that's very, very difficult. Very difficult. But it's also life. Life is full of unexpected things, surprises, and challenges. Sometimes communities go in a direction that you can't accept. And you have to say sayonara. Sayonara. 
is a Japanese word that is commonly used throughout the U.S. And it's actually one word that when it is used, it's often used correctly because sayonara is a special, it's not just goodbye in Japanese. In Japanese, sayonara is something you say to someone where you may never see them again or you may not see them for a very, very long time. It's kind of a final farewell. And there's a couple exceptions, but that's the general gist of it. If you a normal goodbye would be matane, jane, see you later. But when you say sayonara, you know that's goodbye, and it can be really hard to say, especially if you found a community that really does work. Because when you do find a community that works, it's amazing. It's amazing. When I finally kind of fit into to Boulder for a little bit, and I was getting my groove, I was doing well in school, I was finding friends, I was part of this, this community, I didn't want to let it go. And when the pandemic came and gutted the whole thing, I couldn't accept it for the longest time. It was so hard. I love this place. This place that became my paradise that I was hoping for when I set out for college. It was perfect. It was everything I wanted it to be and more. And it went away like that. And I couldn't accept it for the longest time. And it still hurts to this day. It was my paradise and it became my prison. And I eventually had to let it go. And it took a long time and is still taking time to deal with the anger and the emotions I had to deal with in respects to that. With respects with, with, <laughs> about that. But the only thing constant in life is change. And sometimes you do have to let something that you loved, like a community, go. This is something I kind of touched on before, but I kind of will touch on this and kind of then wrap things up here. There's a balance being a member of a community. You kind of have to balance the needs and wants of the community with your own needs and wants. And this is in general. Um, it expands to things such as your family, friends, big communities, large and small. And I'm a person who can be quite individualistic. And you have to understand, Do I, am I being too egotistical here and need to blunt my approach and try to fit in with the community is this community gone in a direction that i just cannot accept and need to go find a different one or is this something i really believe in and i do care about this community and i want things to change and i'm going to speak up about this because i feel that it's right and all of those things and there's probably more all those approaches they could be correct and it's difficult to balance those. But that doesn't mean it's you should isolate yourself and not be a part of communities or throw everything under the rug. Yeah, we have to balance things. We have to balance everything in our life. Uh, life is hard and situations are complex. And we have to remember that. 
prevent this as it's kind of going in a dull direction. I will finish with the community I ended up finding, which is now important to me. Like I said, after the pandemic, um, or during the pandemic, I was still at CU and I was finishing up my degree. And by the end of it, the pandemic was over and I was graduating and I realized I did not want to go on and get my PhD like I originally intended. And I didn't want to be anywhere near a university. I mean, not in not in like physically, I mean, in terms of being enrolled and studying at one. It just wasn't going to be for me after the pandemic and about how the overreach of administration and a lot of people felt the same way, professors and students alike. So I decided to go and find another community. And that community was comedy for me. And I remember it was April 2021. And over the pandemic, I had used watching a lot of comedy specials as an escape. So I thought, well, maybe I'll go give stand-up comedy a try. And I saw my first in-person show a couple weeks before this, and then I decided to try to go and do an open mic. And it was April 26, 2021, and I, it was Monday. I drove down to Denver, and I remember parking outside the bar. And... I remember as soon as I parked there, I was sitting in the driver's seat, and I couldn't believe what I was doing, that I was going to go do an open mic. What, what do I know about comedy? What do I know about any of this? And I remember sitting at my steering wheel, and it felt like that moment was a singularity, where if I decided to just turn the car back on and go home, I could have done that. But somehow I found the courage to get out of the car to go inside the bar, to talk to people, to meet the host of the mic. And I put my name down, and I went to go hang out with comedians. And at this point, I had lost all my friends due to the COVID pandemic, so I hadn't hung out with people, friends, in a very long time. I didn't have a community anymore. And from, and this was why it was so, it was, I hope people can find a community like this. From the moment I started hanging out with comedians, I knew this was my community. Their senses of humor were like mine, a little fucked up. I could say things. I was laughing. I was smoking a joint with these couple girls who were also comedians, and I was having so much fun from just hanging out with a couple people and laughing, which I had forgotten over the pandemic. And I went up and I did my first set, and it went, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. But from the moment I was on stage, I knew that I needed to figure out a way to do this full time. And that's what I wanted to do with my life. And what really drew me to comedy more than doing the comedy, even though I love the doing the comedy part, was comedians. A bunch of other crazy people with funny ideas, making each other laugh and having a good time. And I just resonated with this community. And I still do to this day. And even though I went to Salt Lake and lived there for a while, was part of that community for a bit, and went to Austin and was part of that community for a bit. But really the Denver comedy community has become that amazing community for me, that family. And it is a bedrock of who I am now. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. And it serves as a antidote to depression and isolation avenue to get better and improve as a comedian and as a person and a way to enjoy life with a bunch of other 
like-minded, crazy individuals. And it just feels right. It is almost a religious feeling where as soon as I was a part of this community, it was like, I'm not sure I believe in God, but if it was God, it was God saying, yes, this is it. This is it. And it's so simple, but so amazing at the same time. And I hope that everybody can find a similar feeling. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time.